When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, basketball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. Hey, nice job there. That is the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. Very tame uh, introduction to Marcus today. How are you, man? You're where well, you're muted, so I'll just answer for you. You're doing great. Uh, Marcus has a real problem with people messing with his pinky, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it ends up going to the emergency room. Whoa, he doesn't devolve all these secrets. <laughs> yeah. God. State secrets. Oh boy. Yikes. Yikes. Well, okay. So the other day we did our NFC playoff teams. We got a really nice Twitter response of somebody saying, I want to smoke whatever you guys are smoking. So we appreciate that. Uh, and we want to come back and do the AFC. We're going to do a little quicker uh, podcast. Marcus has a tea time. And even though he's got a, a disfigured pinky, nothing gets in the way of uncle Scott and Marcus playing golf. Hear me now. It's a radio <laughs> show. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. So uh, here we go. So our AFC playoff field, we're going to start it off uh, at number seven. We Marcus popped a nice little uh, graphic here. And I, I'm, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. And I did a lot of hemming and hawing myself with Marcus on the phone about this. And so if you're following along uh, video-wise, you can see all seven. But if you're listening to us right now, I'm just telling you the Ravens are in the seven hole. I really wanted to put Cleveland here. But as you're going to find out as we go through this for the next few minutes, it is really hard to squeeze in whatever AFC team that you think has a shot. For example, Marcus, the team you think has a shot is Pittsburgh. But then you start running the numbers and running how many teams, and it just gets hard to squeeze a team in there. It does. Uh, this is one of the most competitive conferences that I've ever seen. And it feels like we're going to have like eight teams all between – eight and 10 wins and shuffling and sorting these teams out. It's going to be really difficult. Yeah. And so let's just name a few of those teams that we're kind of talking about. Cause Marcus and I went through this on the phone with the NFC. We didn't, I just kind of surprised him, but with the AFC, it's just totally different deal. So I had Cleveland, he had Pittsburgh. We've got Baltimore here at number seven, but those aren't the other teams that, you know, Tennessee can always seem to scratch out eight or nine wins. They're very difficult to just kind of negate. Same thing with new England. Could I see New England or, uh, scratching out nine wins? You bet. Yes. Miami is not on here. Marcus, uh, I know you're worried about the Jalen Ramsey injury, mm-hmm. right? I am. So I, 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 I'll also go, yeah, you mentioned New England. There's a chance New England has the best defense in the NFL, 
and they mm-hmm. might win seven games because of the schedule in the conference. So if you've got Pittsburgh, you've got Cleveland, you've got Miami, you've got New England, you've got Tennessee, that's five teams right there that could finish with eight wins or more that don't make the playoffs, yep. that don't make it. Okay, so we've got Baltimore at seven. I think the main thing for Baltimore is, and if I sound like I'm not enthusiastic, I'm not. It's really hard for me to watch these guys. If you're a Ravens fan, sorry. It's just the team seems so quarterback-centric all the time, and there's just no jazz to this franchise. It's always the same deal every year. Are they going to be able to grind out ugly wins and get eliminated in the playoffs? And after a while, you just kind of want to see something new. That said, Lamar Jackson plays a full schedule. I, I just I can't see the team missing the playoffs, Marcus. No, it, it, whenever Lamar plays, this is, I think they have the best record or winning percentage in the league, only behind the Chiefs. They're so good on special teams. They don't make a lot of mental mistakes. They're well-coached, but they have a tendency to get really banged up, and it's not just Lamar. I know Mark Andrews is dealing with an injury right now. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, their number one cornerback and arguably their mm-hmm. best defender, he's going to miss at least a couple games into the regular season with a foot injury. They're already going through some of the injury pains and woes that we saw last year yeah and they've gone through so many running backs through the last few years and it's easy to say yeah what does it matter Lamar's their best running back sure it does when the guy's missing four or five games uh for a couple years now um it does matter especially if you're playing a guy like Tyler Huntley or whoever the backup Josh Johnson uh, is for a game which would be Josh Johnson but I'm just saying whoever it is you need to have a running back that you can lean on but I will give Baltimore a lot of credit. They're able to play run, run game, defense, and special teams when they have to because they have a Hall of Fame kicker. And that does make yep. a massive difference when it comes to tiebreakers to getting the seventh spot. Sixth spot, I've got Kansas City Chiefs. It's not that I think the Chiefs are going to have a bad year. In fact, I could easily see them being 11-6 and six and be in this spot. It's it's more about I think this might be the year for the Chargers. And I, I'm, I'm a little worried about Kansas City's passing game. As odd as that is to say. Worried about Mahomes? I, uh, I'm not worried about Mahomes, but there's there's been some shuffling on that offensive line. They lost two starters. They picked up one from Jacksonville, um, and they're, they're not strong. Would you say this is a bottom three or four receiver core in the league, not counting tight end? I'd say a bottom one. I can't think of a worse receiving core than them. I would have said the Giants before, but not now. Um so here's the thing with Kansas City. I disagree a little bit. I think Kansas City is going to be a one or two seed just because that's what Mahomes and Andy Reid have done forever. However, there is a little bit of a house of cards thing here with them, right? Like if Travis Kelsey goes down, let's say it's it's nothing major, but he misses five games with a high a foot. Injury, right? Whatever, yeah. right? Does this offense go from like the number one passing offense to number nine, which is, I mean, you're still talking about a a top 10 passing offense, but when this team is so reliant on being that much better than everybody else passing the ball, how much does that kind of trickle down everywhere else? Right. I mean, obviously you could lean on Pacheco and the guys in the backfield, I guess Uh, that, that that's what they've done in the past. Anyway, when they've had to, they, they famously did it in the Super Bowl against the 49ers, but um, I will say this, if Travis Kelsey goes down, there's no other horse. There's no other person there. You say, okay, that's my third and five guy for this team. And I think the defense just doesn't have uh, the personnel to rise up the way, say, Dallas did when Cooper Rush played last year. Sure. I can't see Kansas City putting together that stretch of games. 
Uh, and if you think I'm being a Cowboys like Homer or something, I'm just trying to think of an example. No, where I, I even played great. I, I can even pocket. remember like when New England, like when they would lose Gronk for a little bit, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. this is even before like an Edelman breakout, and they were relying on Kembrell Tompkins. Yeah, one year. I mean, like, but they had good defenses. They, they had good defenses, right? And, and right. They, they could scrap to the playoffs and still be 11 or 12 wins team, but they just didn't have the same bite that some of the other contenders have that's what i worry a little bit with kansas city if something were to happen to travis kelsey because he's 34 years old now rob gronkowski already retired twice before this age right you're right yeah well and if you don't like the dallas example new orleans a few years ago lost drew Brees against the rams teddy bridgewater stepped in and the saints offense was fine with bridgewater but really their defense stepped up and that's why the saints were were so good and i think with bridgewater they went like I don't know. Was it five and zero oh or something yeah, like five that? Five and zero, oh. six and zero, oh. six and six oh and zero. Oh. Right. No. So those are a couple of examples for the last few years. I just don't know that Kansas City can do what the Saints and Cowboys were able to do. At number five, just ahead of the Chiefs, and I'm fine with switching five and six. I've got the Buffalo Bills. I I think to quote something you said on the phone to me, too much has to go wrong for Buffalo for them to miss the playoffs. It just has to be a yeah. lot of different things. Um, obviously, they're very, very strong at quarterback. They're going to be very motivated about the way last season ended because it lo- they ended in the uh, divisional round, and they had some key injuries on defense last year that they don't have right now going in. Uh, I like the Bills in the five spot. I, I wasn't on board with you having another a- AFC East team over the Bills and having the Bills be second in the division, but the more I thought about this, the more I, I tend to agree with you. I think the Bills would have to have several massive injuries in order to not make the playoffs. But I don't like the vibes going on in Buffalo right no. now between whatever's going on with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. I know I don't overreact to preseason at all, at all. It's just it's it's one one part of the equation. But they had 14 penalties in the first half with their first string offense against Pittsburgh last week. They look so undisciplined. Their offensive line's really struggling. Connor McGovern, who was supposed to be their starting left guard, he's out now for the foreseeable future. The offensive line just isn't very good, and that does have me a little bit concerned. I, I like their backs. Josh Allen's been doing a lot of commercials, which I don't have a problem with players doing commercials. I just – I guess I – Tom Brady kind of ruined it for everybody because this is something he did not do early in his career. He was so hyper-focused. I don't, I'm not even insinuating that that's the issue between he and Stephon Diggs, so maybe I shouldn't have brought it up at all. I'm just pointing it out that uh, he's gotten pretty big. Josh Allen. He's got very, very, very big. Yep. So is Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes has managed it fine, but Patrick Mahomes didn't lose to Cincinnati in the divisional round last year. And this was a Buffalo team that thought they were a Super Bowl team. Gabe Davis did not have a good year last year. He was up. No. He was I'm, down. I'm, he was I'm up, more optimistic down. about him though. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm is, uh, gosh, the dude's name's escaping me. The young receiver they drafted who literally, Shakir. Yeah, thank you. Shakir yep. barely did anything. So, you know, there, there's just, um, I can't with confidence say that they win the AFC East and we're going to get to who I think, but if you've been playing process of elimination with us, you're going to know who I think is going to win the AFC East. Okay. Uh, Number four, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars really considered. uh, By the way, this is the weakest division winner. If you're not super familiar with uh, playoff formatting, you have three wild cards, the four division winners. Um, The weakest would be the four seed. So Jacksonville can have a worse record than Buffalo and still be a higher seed. Uh, Jacksonville, I'm barely taking over Tennessee. I think the Titans could surprise people. I, I hesitate to think the Colts can just go in there and do it 
And I don't think the Texans are there yet. Any issue with this one? I have no problem at all with you putting Jacksonville here at number four as the weakest division winner. But at the same time, you look at their schedule compared to the other three teams that are ahead of them, their schedule. I mean, Jacksonville just has – it's it's going to be a cakewalk for them to get to the playoffs. And I don't even love this team all that much. So could they be – and we see this team every year, whether it was – what, last year the, the Vikings were 13-4. and four. There was a yeah. year in 2020 where Pittsburgh was 13-0, and 0, and it felt very fraudulent. Like if Jacksonville ended the season at 13-4 and four, – and you still feel, felt like there was a big gap between them and the you know top three teams in the conference. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Pittsburgh was thirteen and zero in twenty twenty. Yeah, and then they that. lost on uh, they Cleveland. lost on a Thursday night to Alex Smith. Oh, cookies. Uh, one thing about Jacksonville, they go ten and seven. Even I think that's going to be enough to win the division. And when Marcus refers to their schedule, they're playing the NFC South. That's their random division in the NFC. They're playing this year. And of course, they're playing all their own division, and their division just isn't that strong. So, could they conceivably go four and two or five and one in their own division? You bet. And if they go four and zero or three and one against the NFC South, you're looking at you know maybe nine and two right there. Uh, At number three, the Cincinnati Bengals, who by the way could easily swap places with the Jags because of the schedule, not because of the strength of the team. We're a little unsure on Joe Burrow. He's got a calf injury. I still like this Bengals team, and I still think Joe Burrow is the second-best quarterback in the NFL. Any issues here? No, one of my favorite rosters in the league, and it's it all just depends on Burrow, right? If Burrow – let's say Burrow misses two games, and he's 100% healthy for the other 15 games, I think they're getting to the 12 points. Like, I just, I just think they're that caliber of team. But if this injury lingers and Burrow doesn't play until week four or week five, or even when he comes back, he's limited with his mobility – I would be a little concerned because of the depth of the conference and the division, but on paper, I think they're easily the best team in the AFC North. By the way, off the subject, I think Shakir is going to become my new Jacoby Eason. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my dad's used to be Reggie Cobb. Yeah. Randall Cobb. Yeah. Well, there was a Reggie Cobb. There was. Dad has an excuse. He played for the Bucks. He was a running back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I have no excuses. Uh, okay, number two, the Los yes, Angeles Chargers. So they've got to do it sometime. And I'm just picking this year to be the year because Kansas City seems to be so weak at the receiver quarter to be. Also, the Chiefs have got to be a little bit tired as an organization. I mean, playing all these extra games in the postseason, it does catch up with you. There's, I can point to any, quote, dynasty that you want, whether it was the 90s Cowboys or the 2000 Patriots. There were the off years where, like, the 2005 Patriots had to play in the wild card game. They were not able to repeat that year. Uh, The Cowboys in 96. I just think there's always a little bit of an off year for a team that's been great. I think for Kansas City, this is their off year where they're a wild card. The Chargers sneak in, uh, maybe going 12 and 5 or 11 and 6, sneak in as the AFC West leader. And because I don't believe in Jacksonville and because, because I'm not sure about Joe Burrow. I think the Chargers record might just be one game better than these folks. Uh, Give me the Chargers at the two seed. One of the reasons I'm more optimistic about this Chargers team than in previous years is that the offensive line is good. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be great, but it's going to be good. Rashawn Slater coming back, didn't play at Mm -hmm. all last year because of a bicep injury. Um, Jamari Sawyer, who they drafted in the sixth round, took his place last year, played awesome. He's their swing tackle now. They've just got a really solid offensive line. And with Justin Herbert and all those weapons, it, it, I just have a hard time believing they're not going to finish in the top 
five or six in points per game. You, you talk about a team that's got to be motivated. I mean, the uh, implosion that happened last year against Jacksonville and the wild card has to play in this team's minds. And to your point, if you think, well, come on, offensive line, we talk about it too much. Offensive line is literally what kept this team out of the playoffs in 2021. If you watch the final game of the season, Justin Herbert was under pressure nonstop in that game. Uh, Max Crosby might have had the best game I've seen from a pass rusher ever in that game. Uh, So it does happen where your offensive line can single-handedly beat you in a game. Uh, But that said, I don't have any of these folks as my number one seed. Like I said, if you've been playing process of elimination – Marcus and I said, hey, we think New England could still be good for eight or nine wins with the top-ranked defense. We still like the Dolphins, although we we don't like that Ramsey's out until December. And we have Buffalo as a wild card, so that leaves the New York Jets. So what do you think, Marcus, of the Jets as the top seed in the AFC? I'm actually going to let you go first because I, 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 I've got like five red flags, but there's a lot of reasons to like this team. I want to know why you like them so much. Well, let's, let's start with a couple potential hiccups that I was thinking about was – uh, would Aaron Rodgers totally buy in at this stage of his career after flirting with Jeopardy last year? He's 40 years old. Um, I was worried about that. And then his arm strength. You never know when that's going to ca- happen where a guy, we saw it happen so rapidly with other quarterbacks. I could do one of my impersonations right now. I'm not going <laughs> to just, re- just re- I know who you're but, going uh, with. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that said, uh, I, I have not seen that from Aaron Rodgers. No, I see a lot of buy-in. I see him loose with his teammates and getting to know all the guys. It just doesn't feel like a pit stop. We saw him take the money um, or basically not take the money at $17.5 million per year savings for the squad and now enable them to partially be able to go get Dalvin Cook, which helps a running back uh, room that's got Brees Hall coming back from injury. Uh, I know you're going to talk about their offensive line, and I do agree with you. And I have not – I don't know about you, but I Aaron Rodgers' arm looks fine to me. Oh, it looked, honestly, I thought it looked really good in hard knocks, maybe even so, better than it was last year. I, I think so, the thumb injury is fully healed, and he's got a lot of zip in the ball right now. Before you rail on the offensive line and the receivers, uh, i got one question for you. Is there sure. any other AFC team, any, that has two certifiable – Defensive player of the year candidates, if not favorites. Any. The only one that I could pick would be Pittsburgh, right? But because they have TJ Watt, who's won mm-hmm. it. And then I think Minka Fitzpatrick was unbelievable last year. And I mean, you could throw in Cam Hayward. On this list that you have right here, I would say the Chargers, but Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack both can't stay healthy, and they're both a little little past their prime at this stage. So to your point, I think you're right. I just think that those guys can, especially Quentin Williams, can take over a game. Now, Sauce, I think Sauce is the best player on their team. Yes. But Sauce can't take over a game. The nature of the corner position doesn't allow you to do that. Uh, But that's kind of my push for the Jets here. Go ahead. Like, give me the uh, give me what could go wrong. So again, I, I think the Jets are going to be a playoff team. So please don't take this as me like completely trying to sell you on them being like a five and twelve team because I don't think <laughs> that's going to happen. Uh, number one, are we sure that Robert Sala is a good coach? Because we have yet not yet seen that. And if you were ranking your coaches right now from one to thirty two. I bet he's on the back side of that rather than the front half. Okay. I, I, that's fine with me. 
I'm okay. I'm good. Okay. But there's been plenty of great quarterbacks who have dragged mediocre head coaches to the Super Bowl and Super Bowl wins. So you can get just, over that. Yeah, right? I would just say, do you think Minnesota's head coach is – last year people thought he was phenomenal? Yeah, I – I don't, and my they thing went thirteen was, and four. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I think he did a good job, but I don't think there's, I don't think he's in the tier of, you know, Doug Peterson who's on your list or Sean McDermott yes. or Andy Reid or Harbaugh. Right. Like I think, I think that's one of the issues. The other one now is, who's the number two pass catcher on this team? Not just, not just receiver or whatever, yeah. because I look at some of these other teams and it's T Higgins or it's Mike Williams or now it's Christian Kirk or Evan Ingram. Um, I, I don't know who it is for the Jets. Is it Alan Lazard who's already dealing with some shoulder stuff? Is it Randall Cobb? Is it Miko Hardman? I I don't know. I think they're eventually going to figure it out. But going into the year, I just I just don't know who that is. They didn't really get a lot from Zama last year. No. And one of the one of the interesting things to me is that honestly, tight ends never been a huge uh producer in Aaron Rodgers' offenses. They've had good tight ends. They've had some play, guys that could play. But you didn't have the thousand yard, eight touchdown tight end in a Green no. Bay offense. And I don't think that's going to happen here necessarily. One of the things that you talked to me about on the phone that I just want to address was you mentioned, like, look, the, the offensive line concerns you a little bit. You don't think it's in the top half of the league at all. And I understand. Um, but I have a feeling that Robert Sala and that team is going to hit teams hard with the running game when they sure. want to. And they really want to use Aaron Rodgers on play action fakes because he's so doggone good at it. And there's something about when an offensive line struggles. So we mentioned the Chargers a couple of years ago against the Raiders. What I would have done is just run right at the Raiders because it gives your offensive line a chance to hit somebody. And yeah, maybe they're not playing a good game, but what's a great way. And the example I used with you and I'll use it here is one of the things that they used to always talk about with elite wide receivers is, Hey, just throw them a bubble screen in the first quarter. You know, in the second possession, just get them going, get them going. Same thing with your offensive line. If they're struggling or you think you've got a mismatch, let them hit somebody. Use your running backs. You've got a really good running back room. You would agree with that, right? I mean, who's got a better running back room than this team? Nobody. They've got the best running back uh, group in the league by far. Right. If you can run the ball here for the Jets, and I know I'm being a little old school here, but I think Aaron Rodgers can absolutely make you pay on play action. And this team does have the horses on defense to be a top 10 defense easily, if not top five. I think if the, if the Packers average like 24 and a half points per game, they're going to win 12 plus games this year. Their defense is just going to be that good. Yeah. The jets. I'm sorry. Yeah. The jets, the dolphins as well. If the dolphins, I mean, if the well, dolphins have to average a little bit more, cause I don't quite trust their defense, but the jets, if the jets average, average 24, 25 points per game, they're going to be just fine. And I think Rodgers yeah. can get them there. What do you think of this list here before we uh, bail out of this topic? So, by the way, again, everybody, uh, Baltimore's my seven seed, Kansas City at six, uh, Buffalo at five, Jacksonville at four, Cincinnati at three, Chargers at two, Jets at one. Marcus thinks the Chiefs and Chargers will probably be swapped simply because uh, the division winner goes to the top and the even the Chargers have a good record. There'll be a wild card team. That's the way it goes. Um, we both think that there are a lot of teams that could squeeze in here. Um, but if you had to look at this list of seven teams, do you think any of these teams have that kind of capability that the Jets do to have a top five defense? 
It's probably the Bills just because I do like their talent, especially if Von Miller comes back, right? They're pretty loaded all over the place. But I don't think they're a dominating defense. I think you get them in the right matchups, they can give up 30 points in any game. I'm not so sure that's the case with the Jets. I think it's gonna they're going to be really hard-pressed, even against good offenses, to give up more than 24, 25 points a game. I know, I know these are the rapid-fire questions, but uh, secondly, which of these seven teams – do you think their defense is most likely to knock them right out of this, that their defense has a poor year and they're done? Oh, the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, we we saw this last year. They're just so top-heavy on defense. If Nick Bosa, excuse me, if Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack can't stay healthy and now you have to get into shootouts, I, as much as I love that offense for the Chargers, we saw how it crushed them last year. So we, we obviously know that Aaron Rodgers needs to have a great year for the Jets to finish number one. Let's move remove him from the discussion and not Patrick Mahomes. What player outside of Rodgers and Mahomes has the most impact on this lineup here of uh, playoff seating or playoff performance? Who's the most important guy? Oh, I think it's Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, because without Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville is in the same spot that the other three teams in the AFC South are. If Trevor Lawrence has a bad year and he struggles with turnovers and he's just not clicking that offense, I would not be surprised at all if the Titans take that number four seed from him. But if Lawrence gets better in year three and he makes that next step and Calvin Ridley you know, gives him another reliable option, honestly, it will not shock me at all, Elliot, if it's the, Char- it's the Jacksonville Jaguars that are the number one seed in the AFC and everybody's wondering, how in the world did this team go 14 and three this year? Yeah. I, uh, three quickies from me here. Um, number one, Joe Burrow's calf is still incredibly important. And number two, another one is, is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson plays a full schedule, but if we get away from the quarterbacks, one other guy, Chris Jones, Kansas city's defense does not have amazing personnel. But if Chris Jones could have one more insanely great year where he's like the defensive player of the year, just has one of those special, special seasons, maybe that will be enough, even with Kansas City not quite having the same firepower. But I'm literally talking about an Aaron Donald-type prime year. Um, That would be something that I think could change us a lot. Can I give you one really off-the-wall random random team, not the Steelers, that could sneak in those playoffs and we'd just be shocked at how they could do it? Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Would you be shocked if the Raiders ended up as like the seventh seed this year? I mean, their schedule, I think, is not that tough. I, I wonder if Jimmy Garoppolo would be at the helm if that happened. They lost nine games nine one score games last year nine they were competitive in every game they got better on defense they added a number seven overall pick to the defensive line the offensive line returned all five starters they brought jacoby myers in i think josh jacobs is going to report here in the upcoming days and i think garoppolo might just be a better fit with josh mcdaniels and uh, Aiden O'Connell is already on his way to the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, you you said it right there. No, nice thought. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, Marcus does cover the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, if you never check out his work there, make sure to do it. Of course, you know he's the host of Locked on Cowboys. And last-second fantasy drafts I know are going on all yeah. over the country. If you've never done Dynasty, you might give it a look. Give it a whirl. He uh, hosts uh, Locked on Dynasty uh, twice a week for the Locked on Network. But Dynasty, all that means is you get to keep your players. Um, so it's a different dynamic than a normal fantasy draft where you start over every year. 
Uh, Marcus is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. And also he writes for the 33rd team now. If you haven't checked, what's your latest mm. article over there? Uh, four biggest takeaways from Thursday night of the preseason. Anthony Richardson looked good, man. Really good. And well, he's going to need to be good, bro. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter, and we will catch you guys later. Hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure if you didn't listen to it, check out the NFC one. You can tell us how crazy we are. Take care, everybody.